Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fred War Gaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And on this episode, uh, we wanted to discuss a, um, rather than nothing but like 10th edition topics, maybe, John, let's talk about something just a little general, a little uh, wider hobby impulse, I'll call it. Because I have been yes. hobbying hard, and I've been feeling a thing that rears its head fairly often in my hobby career. Um, and it does it often enough that I suspect it might pop up in other people's hobby careers. Uh, yeah, I've also been hobbying more lately, and uh, I feel the topic itching in my brain. Yeah, and uh, that is the urge to cut corners in the hobby. Um, this is something that I... I suspect a lot of people feel, uh, but I don't think everyone probably feels it in the same way or the same degree. But I think the uh, the underlying cause is there for everyone. Um, yes, and it can sometimes I could see it being very much a struggle for folks depending on your mindset. Uh, so we thought it might be worth kind of taking and breaking that down of uh, what we've been feeling, why we might feel that way, and whether maybe you should, if you were feeling it, give in to it or not. What do about this problem, oh, if it's a problem? I don't know. It's, hard. it's a lot of nuance. I can't fit it into a YouTube short. Why do my uh, opinions on things have to be nuanced and long? Well... We can discuss that at a different time. <laughs> John, I just want to sit in the driver's seat of my truck and yell for 30 seconds. That's nope. absolute you celestial truth, John. Burr. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> First. All right, let's go to Hobby Progress. Hobby time. Games played. So, John, I know a lot of this answer, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. What you been up to? A lot. So, this week, I have started off with the printing stuff, printed a bunch of stuff. Uh, we've got training day coming up. We're going to be teaching some new people Warhammer um, in a healthy, safe, fun environment that is very nice for people who are newer. Uh, and we're going to teach them... I needed to do that. I need to print some models for them to use because getting a bunch of models to start with is hard. So we'll be been printing that. Uh, I am printing up Emperor's Children for my roommate, and I am printing up more Guard for myself because that's the faction I seem to have like dedicated myself to for the beginning of Tenth Edition. Because Genesis their cults are too good, and I feel weird playing them against my friends because they seem like a lot of gotchas that unless someone is ready and knows what they are, it doesn't isn't much of a game. Uh -huh. So. <laughs> Did a bunch of that printing, uh, and now I'm on to painting. Uh, I built the Corvus Cabal. Uh, I painted up one of them in a test scheme to like prepare for the rest of them. I'm putting a little bit more effort into them mm -hmm. because there's only eight dudes. So you could spend a little and time then... doing some like glitz and glamour on each. And they're just cool. Like they're super fun models. Those models like, are incredible. They're very enjoyable. Like don't get me um, wrong, the big like bird winged dude. 
like coming down from on high with its murder stilts and stuff, that's cool. But I think just like the regular stalkers, also, yeah, look like really the cool. The, the normal dudes are cool. Like I, I it actually kind of makes me want to play Warcry, which I'll I think Warcry is incredible. I cannot tell you yeah. how good Warcry feels to play. It's it's really. Um, and then I painted the Rogaldorn. I painted a Lehman Russ. I built a Chimera. I painted another Chimera, and I painted a Basilisk. So I painted four tanks, did some test scheme, built a bunch of stuff. Whole bunch of stuff. Not bad. Uh, yep. Gonna keep, keep working on that. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 came out, so let's struggle. Oh. Let's make me struggle a little bit. But uh, <laughs> got a lot done. Gonna keep getting more done. Gonna be very exciting. And then I also, in this time frame since we last recorded, was able to teach someone a training game. Uh, they couldn't come to training day, so I taught them later, oh, earlier, and that was great. And I got to see the Sisters of Battle in a direct like confrontation. They have some neat stuff. Their tanks are really good. Uh, generally fun, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very rewarding to bring new people into the game and kind of show that like not all of it's like it is on YouTube. Not all of it's like it is at a game store. Like you can just play fun games with your friends in a much more casual way and it not be like super high pressure, especially for earlier play, like players who are newer or like returning after not playing for a long time. It almost would run people away from the hobby. I would imagine. Yep. And like for me, priority number one is having more people to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, and having like fun, like different, because I, I, I play different games for different reasons. So like for some people, I just want to play the game for some people. It's a hangout. And then for sometimes it's like, we're actually testing which one of us is better at this thing. Um, and it's nice to have a, like a wide roster of people to play with in order to do that. So uh, I've been really trying to put my money where my mouth is and foster that in my local group. As we've talked about on the show a lot, and I feel wrong if we don't try to do it ourselves. Yeah, and I also think, like, I don't, like there's, of course, in, in my heart of hearts, like, a responsibility to bring people in because we can. And we're good at it. But also, it just, like, it feels good to watch people who are like, hey, I want to have, like, a hobby that's more physical. And to, like, hang out with people rather than just play video games. And, like, it is yep. great to be able to take them from a place where they might be sort of in a rut or, like, struggling to throw them a little lifeline with, like, a, a hobby thing. I think that feels great. Like, for yeah. them and us. <laughs> everyone yes. can everyone win. wins. Everyone can win. Yeah. Big win for all around. What if everyone just gets to feel good? How great. And what a novel concept. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you done this week? Bad uh, man. Well, other than Baldur's Gate 3. We started a campaign with us together in it with like two of our other friends. And uh, four-person Baldur's Gate's fucking nuts. God, <laughs> it's, it's absolute it's great. insanity. I'm having a laugh. <laughs> we're unhinged because we're all moving at the same time. It's just like... <laughs> Turn order, ain't ever heard of it. Let's go. Uh, three conversations are playing out at once. All of the alignments are different. <laughs> the, the barbarian jumped in a hole. He started a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, other than playing Baldur's Gate 3, though, I've had a very productive hobby week. Um, so over the past two weeks, let's see, I have to sort of like try to break it down. I, one, made uh, 
like four STL file, four plates worth of STL files for my wife. Because um, she wants to play Night Lords. Uh, she's one of the people playing at our Learner Day. Uh, and she is on the third book of the Night Lords Omnibus and is so deep into it that she is like crying at some of these pieces and has sent me a custom meme that she made for the novels, which like, John, you really should like tweet at Aaron Dibsky Bowden for fun. Um, I hope he gets a chuckle out of it. Uh, and she's really into him, so she wants to play the Night Lords, but it, I don't want her to just get like chaos minis and then paint them Night Lords colors. Cause let's be honest, it's kind of lame. It's, it's, yeah. it's not the same. Uh, they're also more themed for Black Legion than Night Lords, which are a different vibe. Very different. So I had to spend a lot of time uh, custom 3D kit bashing minis for her to try to like get minis that have the same flavor and are tell the story across the whole legion. Uh, and I've kit bashed uh, many, many plates worth of them. I've just got one to go. Uh, and then have been printing those so that she can uh, work on painting them uh, before the learner day. Uh, that took up quite a bit of time. Um, also, though, I have been working on orcs because we're going to have a get-together uh, Joe Hammer Cod in September for Labor Day where we're going to have like yes. a, a weekend get-together to play games. Um, uh, uh, hell yeah. And both Eldar and Custodes feel a little good for some of my matchups. So uh, I'm instead going to take orcs, which have, you know, less oomph, and I don't have to feel bad about playing them. So I'm going to... Chuck them at the table, and I'm trying to, as a soft goal for myself, not anything sort of like super hard, I want to try to have my list painted before that, if I can. Um, and if I fall short, at least I'll have most of it painted. And plus, orcs play a very, very honest game of Warhammer. Uh, they, they absolutely can rip and tear. They're not weak by any comparison, but they are... You know what's coming. You... You know it's there. <laughs> like, I'm going turn to turn one. You're like, I know what's happening. I'm running up you. I'm going to run up to you. If you're a giant monster, I'm literally running up you, uh, and then I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. Like that. That's the game plan. Okay. And it, it no sideways swivels, no gotcha stratagems. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Uh, and whether or not I get there untouched is what determines if I win. Um, but I want to try to paint that list. So I. Got uh, 20 goblins uh, put together, as well as 10 orc boys. I got them all primed. And then on their skin tones, I got them all, all 30 of those, through a four-color workup with three different greens, and then like a flesh tone accent color for like mouths and lips and like elbows and knuckles and stuff. And scars, just to give them a little bit of variation on the skin. Uh, and then 10 of those goblins, I got fully painted all the way through the process and washes and the whole Kit Kat caboodle done. And a unit of 10 orc boys, I've got like 70 or 80% of the way all the way through that process. Uh, so that's almost two units fully painted for that army. Uh, You're spending so much time doing a three color workup on orcs. Uh, four color workup. Orcs. Four color workup on orcs. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Four colors for the flesh. But the way I think about it, like I'm going very easy on a lot of the uh, like the other stuff they're wearing. Like the boots, the pants, shirts, the weapons. Like I'm doing little to nothing to those other than a base coat, some weathering, and a wash. Well, I'm literally doing nothing to those. 
maybe some like blood for the blood god at the end. So like most of the visual variation is going to be in the skin because that's where the eyes are going to go. Mm-hmm. At least that's my thought. So I can like do a little bit work on the front end on the skin and then cheat on the back end, which is a whole thing. Uh, and also my hobby room in here that I record in and paint in, uh, I di- actually did some work on that. Um, we, for those of us who've been like, for those of you who have been watching for a while, um, you know, on those two years, like a year and a half ago, my wife and I, we moved into our first house and uh, I have a room dedicated to hobby, which is cool. But, uh, you know, we moved into here, obviously it being our first house, we had very little furniture compared to what a house takes to furnish rather mm-hmm. than just our apartment. Um, so we have been trying to like rotate it through all the rooms to buy stuff that's needed. And like, we sort of take it one room at a time as the budget allows in uh, the hobby room is not high on the priority list for obvious reasons. Like the living room, the kitchen bedrooms, not done, but it's got some stuff. Uh, the hobby room though has been functional, but it's a little, it's been a little bland, been a little boring. It's like little to nothing on the walls. But we've had a bunch of art prepped, and uh, we just needed to get frames, uh, and I needed shelves. So this past week, we took a night, and after buying some shelving units, put up some honeycomb shelves on the wall, and uh, also some like floating shelves for uh, hobby supplies and in-progress stuff, and then hung a lot of art, and there's still more to finish hanging on all the walls, and got a big cat tower for my lovely, lovely cats. Uh, Precious. So one's a crackhead, the other one has a single eye. One's a little phenomenal. prince, the other's a gremlin. It's delightful. Um, oh, what do you know? <laughs> that dynamic exists in multiple places in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Um, yeah, so it feels good. Just being in a room with a bunch more art has a different vibe to it and makes it uh, more fun to be in here and hobbying. Like, I don't know, I guess environment matters or whatever. Um, but that has been nice, and I'm going to count it as hobby progress because it did take a whole night of being in this hobby room uh, with the help because I did not do that yes. shit alone. Um, I, don't, I have all this art. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want it to go on the walls. But then my brain's like, all right, great. Where do you want it? And then it acts like it's never heard of like aesthetics or design in its life. That makes sense. It's like if you ask me, what do I want to eat for the week? Like, I forget I've ever had food. Food's gone. I don't know. Most of my hobby time, though, has been the orcs, if I'm being honest. And uh, because there's so many of them, the urge to cut some corners was be pretty high. Wrong. Whoo, buddy. Uh, and I think maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, everybody. Um, it turns out when you're painting a, a batch of like 30 guys, you, you, you start to feel the urge to maybe not want to paint absolutely everything. Uh, and when that happens, it's kind of an, uh, at least for me, it feels a little alarming. Uh, yeah. It's outside of the realm of what you're used to. I mean, I play Gene Sealer Cult, I play Imperial Guard, and I play Skaven. So. I feel the urge of cutting corners pretty much every time I sit down to paint because there's, you know, 
20 to 60 rats in a unit for yeah. Skaven. And for Guard, there's like 20 dudes to a unit. But you have like 12 units of dudes. You have like 120 models of just infantry, not including tanks. And then Genesis are called is only infantry. It's even more horde. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think we'll talk about that here in a little bit when we talk about like what drives it. But like, uh, it rears its head. And I, for me, I feel it fairly strongly. Um, yes. And like in this instance, I felt it while painting orcs. But I think also this could rear its head in other places. I think it could rear its head while you're building, for sure. In terms of like trying to scrape bold lines and stuff and like fill gaps and whatnot, and whether you want to or or not, I think you could certainly feel this while painting. Obviously, uh, I also think you could feel this while kit bashing. And mm-hmm. whether you want to do this or not, you could probably feel this when like trying to think of a narrative for your list on whether or not you really want to put a lot of time into that. Uh, I also I think you could think you could feel this in list building. Like, yeah, that was going to be what I called out was like, this is definitely something not talked about a lot, but like building lists, even in a casual setting really matters and you can cut a lot of corners there that might not feel great, but sometimes need you need to, and it's a delicate process. Yeah. So I think like, just to put it vaguely, I would describe the idea of cutting corners if you're new to it. Like, let's just define it as sort of like taking a shortcut in any realm of the hobby rather than doing absolutely every possible step like yes and like y'all out there in viewer land just take that and apply it wherever um so like for my example i'm painting goblins right and like i've spent all of this time on the skin and stuff and now i'm doing the base coats for like boots i start with the boots and then move on to uh like pants and then like the leather straps that they have uh, and then moving into vests and stuff. And by the time I got done, I had used like eight colors for all of these different base coats or like six to eight colors, something like that. And it took quite a bit of time, obviously, because they're goblins uh, and there's a number of them. And then I also have to do it on 20 more models. Uh, and then I look at their uh, belts and like their straps and bandoliers. And there's buckles all over the place. Tiny, tiny goblin buckles. And not just like, oh, there's one buckle at the waist, like a belt buckle. No, no. Buckles all over. Like a Final Fantasy character, but, you know, goblin. Uh, Rivets. God, so many rivets all over where these, like, fasteners are. That I had to ask myself, do I want to paint the buckles? Do I want to paint the rivets? And for me, the answer is no. (laughs) God, no. Don't blame you. No, I do not want to paint the buckles of the rivets on every one of these freaking goblets. There's so many. I'm going to, like, I'd have to do it on all 10 of them, and there's a ton of it. And then I'm going to have to do it on another unit of these same damn goblins. And then I'm going to have to do it on the dead man unit of orc boys. And it just, it's a lot. For me, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Especially when you're painting an army as opposed to painting a model. Yes. Like, I think that's the big thing to keep in frame here is that you're painting 40 Gretchen and then like another 60 boys or whatever. Like, you you are not going to want to paint all of those to shelf standard. I'm going to look at this and be happy about how well I did. Right? Like, I'm not 
I'm not saying you don't want to paint them well, but you want them to just look good on the table when you're playing them and pulling them off as they get shot. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, look at this, like, a beautiful piece that I made. Yeah, rather than, like, a centerpiece model. Like, there's a time and a place to do centerpiece aggression. It's not when you need 40 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I think gets into, like, where does this urge come from? And I think that's where we could spend a minute talking about it. Because I think it comes from many places. Yes. Uh, for me, I feel that it's one of those things that can be driven by a variety of factors. Because, like, let's be honest, each hobbyist's life is, like, a little different. Um, yeah. But for me, I feel it largely in the fact that, one, I'm painting an army. Which means I have to paint many models. And two... I have a limited amount of time to do it. So I'm looking at sort of how much hobby time I have total, how many models I have to paint, and then looking at when I have to play, when like my games are coming up. And you got to have a balance in there somewhere. And I think that pressure is what makes you want to slim down some of these time consuming steps. Um, do you feel other variables when, like, for you? Like, I know you said it pops up for you, but like, so where does it like come from the for ver- you? Because for me, it feels almost like mathematical. For when to cut? When do I want to cut corners? Yeah. Or the like, what desire makes you to like do the thing? Yeah, what makes you want to cut corners? What makes me want to cut corners is just looking at my own motivation. Like, mm, for you, it's more of like an interest thing. Yeah, like if I know that I can keep my interest and my focus on this thing for four hours, right? That's what I have like, okay, I'm going to focus really hard for four hours and get this done. And I sit there to do it and I realize that I'm only going to get like 10 models done in that time frame. I'm going to go, okay, I need to change my process because I can't do this (laughs) every day to get like 60 Skaven done, right? So like when I did Skaven... As an example, like I, I, can't, I painted like 120 clan rats in like three weeks. Um, you know, Lost not just only doing bit, that, but, but yeah, just <laughs> doing a lot of it. Um, and like the first clan rat, I was like, I'm gonna do a test model, and it took me forever. Uh, and I went, you know what? No, can't. Instead, I just took a brown, painted all the fur that brown. I uh, took a that same brown, used it on the wood. And then I used a metal color for the metal parts. And then I took a dry brush and I dry brushed over the fur, but not the wood. Mm -hmm. And then I washed all of it. And then I did a couple of highlights on the end of it. Just on like the tips of the like metal. Mm -hmm. And that was it. It took a quarter of the time and I was able to do that process like in huge badges and not feel weird about it and just went through like chug through. Whereas I don't think I would have gotten the 120 Skaven clan rats painted. Otherwise, if I wouldn't have cut, if I would have, wouldn't have cut the corners. So for me, sometimes it's a, I don't know if I can get this done if I don't cut corners. Same thing with like painting tons of infantry for like guard. Um, sometimes even tanks, like for some of these tanks are just like so much detail, rivets, plates, yada, yada, yada. And for me, I find, I have found ways to find like cutting corners to be part of the narrative of the model. Mm -hmm. So like 
uh, I painted a tank this week that like has a ton of rivets on it. And I was like, oh, well, like instead of painting all those like individually silver and then washing and highlighting, yada, yada, yada. Um, I just painted the whole thing its base color. I tapped a bunch of like metal colors and other bits to show variation in color. Like maybe some metal plates have been replaced but haven't been like painted over with the paint color for the army. Um, and then I, when I went to go wash all of it, I did a pin wash instead and heavy pin wash the corners and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then took that, um, that pin wash and hit the rivets so that it would go down and look like a weathering effect without mm-hmm. having to break out the enamel. And that made it look like it had been painted and then had stuff go down it. Yeah. And it was much easier. So like it was also a stylistic choice sometimes. Uh, not strictly a, I need to save time. But you sometimes can sometimes think turn it'll it around upside down and do both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Especially for something I just want to look good enough, not like gorgeous. Yeah. And I think for me, that is part of that is like, I, for a hero, I'm willing to spend a lot more time because it's a hero. Like they're important. They're like a centerpiece mm-hmm. unit. You know, like my orc bosses, I only have a couple. Each one I'm going to have a name for and like a little story for. Um, so I want them to look pretty great. I want to take my time on them. I'm only going to have one of each. I don't have so many goblins, though. Uh, and that changes the math. Uh, and I think, while also this can come from a variety of factors, the important thing to remember is that this can also manifest in a variety of strengths, depending on person and hobby progress. Um, and I think, like, essentially what I'm trying to get to here is that this is a highly variable topic. So it is hard for us to, like, succinctly talk about it in a way that is definitively in any sort of like truth. So I'm trying to cover my basis to let your brain not try to conform to the words that we're saying here. Like, yeah, there's no one answer to this problem. There's many, many solutions. However you feel about this is how you feel about it. And it's fine. Um, we're just trying to give how our experiences. So you have sort of an idea of a touchstone and other people, and then a little explanation of how we feel so that when we talk about this final bit here, which is probably going to take a minute, you understand the variables through which we are using to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is whether or not you should or shouldn't cut corners. And boy, howdy, is this difficult. Uh, yeah, and I think it's hard to even jump at that immediately and make an answer without rec- recognizing where a lot of it comes from. Yeah. Um, and for each person, it's very different. But like for me, a lot of what originally made me not want to cut corners at all and make that question like an immediate answer of no, I, why wouldn't I just paint everything on the model is because like a mixture of the box art has everything painted, right? It's, it's, it's all pristine gorgeous they spent forever painting it of course the product and in the heavy metal Uh, style yeah which is even more time consuming and then i watch a lot of youtube about painting miniatures and most of the time in there those guys are spending time painting it to a very high level like most of them they don't cut corners they don't want to like they also have the time to do it it's their job Mm -hmm. on top of like recording and editing and stuff but like they, again, are selling a different product, but a product nonetheless. And then social media in general, right? Like I, Insta- Instagram feed, 
oh. tons and tons of models on it. Yeah. Twitter, tons and tons of models on it. And uh, though, like, that seems to have a lot more variation in, like, stylistic choices, like, there's some gorgeous miniatures out there that aren't heavy metal style, that are much quicker. But they still require a lot of effort, right? And you see that all the time, and then you go down to paint, and you're like, well, I can't count colors, no one else did. The Am environment I as a painter? is different, like, and the but purpose I, is different. Yes, I think that there's a lot more that doesn't get posted or doesn't get shown that is more indicative of who, like, the average person painting a model is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like what I wanted to share here, right? It's like, for me, the answer to that question is really, really changing depending on what I'm sitting down with. I, yeah. I never pick one only nowadays. Like I am just not gonna paint a Skaven clan rat the same way I paint like Karn the Betrayer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to paint these Corvus Cabal like I paint Guard. Vehicles are going to be different. Leaders are going to be different. Every every model I sit down and paint is just different. <laughs> I ask the question every time I sit down and paint: What corners will I cut? Which ones will I not cut? Not will I cut corners? Yeah, I don't. I think for me it comes from like some of that is certainly true. Like looking at beautiful artwork from like uh, Sam Lins, for example. Like incredible, incredible artist. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Their pieces are gorgeous. Just absolutely stunning. Um, And when you see those, you want to kind of push a little harder because they're, Mm -hmm. you know, it's incredible. It's incredible. It can't help but want to push you a little more. Uh, But I think for me, a lot of my stuff just comes from like personal things. Like in my personal life, I have similar urges of like you have to do things whole ass all the way every time. And like... Sometimes that's probably true, but... Uh, I would say a lot of the time is probably true. Like, like I think a lot of the time, you want to just go whole ass, but... I think that's good for, like, your job, or maybe, like, a relationship of some kind, but maybe for a fun time hobby where it's not, like, you know, a devoted thing, that mindset isn't super helpful for me. But I think it does translate into my hobby, whether I want it to or not, sadly. Um... And I think it can be a problem. Like, the idea that you're supposed to whole ass every mini you paint to the top tier of your ability sounds exhausting. One, like, just absolutely exhausting. And two, uh, time-consuming. You're never going to get your army done in the timely manner. That the average person has to hobby. I mean, especially the people watching this shit, let's be honest. Like, y'all are working a job like we are and hobbying on the mm-hmm. side. A lot of you probably got kids and, like, families and responsibilities. I mean, hell, maybe multiple jobs. Like, you just, you got life going on. Uh, you, you can't hobby for eight to ten hours a day. Um, yeah. And that changes some of the math. So, like, I don't know. I think... All of that to say that when I ask myself whether or not you should cut corners, I would look in the mirror 
And what I would advise is for you to like deeply and truly look at what is causing you to have these feelings in their entirety. At least try to. It might be harder than I am making it sound, but I think it's worth trying. Uh, and ask yourself, are you fine with a model just looking good? Will you still be happy with good or even mm -hmm. really good? Or must it be top-tier peak excellence for every model? And for me, that answer is no. Hell no. Absolutely not. Like, you keep your top-tier peak excellence for every single Gretchen. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't yep. need that. Um, and I don't think most people do. For me, I put a higher value on completing the task. Yes. Than them the end result looking perfect right like i've been playing this game for a long time my list of fully painted armies are not very long because it is a lot like painting mm -hmm. an entire army of miniatures for this game is a long task it, it regardless of how much free time you have even if you it is your job it will take a long time there's a reason why there are people whose job it is to paint entire miniatures for them to make, take pictures of for warhammer it takes a lot of time and anything that helps push you towards that goal of completing the army or the unit or whatever it is that you're trying to do, it's worth assessing how much you're willing to cut. Now, how much you're willing to cut and what your like what your shortcuts look like is very much on like an individual basis. Yes, um, I do not take the same shortcuts with guardsmen that I take on chaos warriors. Yes, I just don't. Um, Maybe sit and formulate it out. Like we've talked about before on the show, sit down with the thing that you're trying to paint and write it out, write out your steps and make a list on paper and visualize it of like, oh man, I got like 17 different types of browns I'm going to have to use and all these different pouches and things. Maybe I can cut it down to two, especially if you've got a ton of models that it will, what seems like a waste of time in the beginning will save you a ton of time at the end. Yes. Um, and also, like, I don't know, I would look at what you're trying to get at rather than your urge. Like, your urge might be, you have to paint every gigaw. I love gigaws, but, like, no but thank you. That's your, what your brain is telling you. Is that what it's actually trying to say, though? Because for me, when my brain says, you must paint every belt buckle or gigaw, like, when I deconstruct it, and I really start, like, I pop the hood, and I see what's under there, what my brain is saying is, I want you to try and put some, put effort into this hobby that you enjoy, so you can feel proud mm -hmm. on the back end. That's really what it's saying. Like, it's throwing the wrong code when you hook up the OBD2 meter, but, like, that's what's happening underneath the hood. It's constantly using car references. <laughs> Tell me they don't work, though, John! <laughs> they work! I'm not saying they don't, it's just... It's the Advec episode all over again. <laughs> uh, for our viewers, it's a touchstone. Uh, but like, that's really what it means. And in that case, cool. That that I can work with. So for me, the way that shakes out is all right. So for goblins, I'm not going to paint every belt buckle and like little MacGuffin. Just not. I'm gonna paint the the belts brown, and mm -hmm. it is what it is. But I'll do a fast. With some, like, once you're sort of practiced and used to it, I'll do a fast four-color workup on the skin. So the skin pops, and there's a lot of shadows, and it looks really dramatic on the table. 
And then I'll use a cool wash so it's got like a dusty, grimy effect, which makes them look more in the scene. So now through this like airbrush blending that I've been working on for a few years and some like dramatic application of shadows, the model looks really nice on the table and I've done some extra effort, but that effort was in a place that was more effective and was more fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I got to cut some corners, but I also got to do something a little cool and interesting in a way that I like minis to look. Because turns out I just like dramatic minis from like Zenithal highlights, um, I find, rather than like the heavy metal where everything is the same color regardless of where it's at. Um, and it's a way that I could kind of take advantage of that. And I think a lot of people can find an interesting compromise depending on where your brain's urges are actually coming from. Um, yeah. I think that's also a point is like, what is your style, right? Like the, the box art is heavy metal style of like highlights and just very meticulous. Um, like Joe said, he's very dramatic. Like you like the dramatic Zenithal style. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I find that my style is most of the time like it looks like the crow. Like it's like a nineties <laughs> dark movie. Like I've read the judge dread comics. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's just grimy. It's dim. It's, uh, I very rarely paint bright, vibrant, explosive colors. I paint dim, dark, gray, cool colors. Just what I do. Uh, for me, that makes cutting corners way easier because I can just like kind of dim everything down. Use shadows, heavy shadows. Mm -hmm. uh, and like it sounds like you on the other side is just like pulling all the attention to the high points yes. on the model. Um, maybe your style, whoever's listening, is something in between. Maybe it's just like ours. But I'm sure there's a way for you to lean into your style of art that isn't requiring you to paint every belt buckle on those goblins. Yeah. Uh, the thing I would advise the most, and this is the takeaway that like, I want to really like hammer hard at the end is when you were asking yourself these questions, really try to see what's causing these urges and do they pop up in other pieces of your life? If they do, might be a bigger thing you got to unpack that I'm not qualified to do on a, <laughs> on a We're little qualified video. to talk about painting miniatures. <laughs> I do my best. I hope where I can. But, you know, it might be a thing to unpack. But, look, you know, in terms of the hobby, just treat yourself with some grace. You know, like, you're a weird human. It's got a lot going on. And it's just little toys. Like, cut yourself a break. Nice to yourself. Ask yourself some honest questions and see if you can't. Get to a place that feels good without, you know, blowing your eyeballs out trying to squint and paint every bit of trim on the inside groin of a zinch space marine. Like, there is a happy medium somewhere, probably. Specifically for you. And if you're happy with cutting corners, hell with it. Cut corners. It's your hobby. You don't hell, have to share it with anyone. No corners. All round, everything's a circle. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> like your hobby is yours alone. You don't know anyone anything. As long as exactly. it feels good for you, then it's fine. It's truly yeah. is. Uh, Blue eyes, white dragon can't lose. It's great. <laughs> I think it's gotta be fine. 
and if you're out there in viewership land and you try to unpack this and you're like really struggling because this might be hard depending on your sort of like personality type and where it's coming from and how hung up it is and blah, blah, blah. Um, it might be rough. And if it is rough, please feel free to reach out. Um, we have been there and we are happy to try to help you get out of it because it sucks. Uh, mm -hmm. We wouldn't have got out of it if we didn't have some help from the outside. So mm -hmm. please, truly, like the Instagram, the Twitter, like it's open. Use it if you want to. YouTube com uh, YouTube comments down below. Uh, and also, just like quickly, speaking on Instagram, uh, there was a super nice viewer who reached out to us, Rich, who uh, just so goddamn cool. Uh, like we get these viewer messages and we really enjoy them, but like, uh, Rich is Rich sent us a message saying how much he liked the show and how much it helped him and uh, mm -hmm. what's going on over there in Britain. And also, like, I'm shocked we have British viewers. Like, what? Why do the Brits want to listen to our like white trash American asses? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm really appreciative. I'm just shocked. Um, <laughs> I'm very confused. <laughs> we have biscuits and gravy, and they're different from your biscuits. <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you found us. I don't know how the hell you found us, but I'm glad you did. Uh, but, like, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Like, that that found me at, at just the right time. And uh, sometimes stuff just makes you feel a whole lot. And uh, thank mm -hmm. you to Rich, truly. Like, that was really helpful for my week. And we're glad we could help you. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've had more than a few listeners reach out and talk to us. And it's always, always good. Um, even if what they have to say is criticism, it's still great because, like, it means we're engaging with people, like, real people. And to be honest, we, the vast majority of people on the internet here have just been so damn nice. <laughs> yeah, like, and even the ones that haven't been nice, they're not, like, from, like, a hateful stance. They're just like, hey, we really like this, but, like, you could make this a little bit better. We're like, oh, cool, thanks. Uh, we don't hate criticism here. Uh, yeah, it's just... I don't know. It makes me, uh, every time I'm like, uh, I don't know. Are people out there really listening? Like those messages. Or is it all Russian bots? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of it. Um, yeah. It, some of them are just Russian bots. Uh, it's just, it's heartening. So thanks to Rich. And if y'all are out there and you're like, you're, you're going through it and you want some help getting through this topic, please reach out. We are happy to help. Um, we are working on some other stuff back here behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Some more lore videos that we are mm -hmm. hammering away at that I'm really excited for. And I'm uh, even more, even more even orcs, even more orcs, but also more car, uh, <laughs> more car metaphors, always hammer. more car metaphors. Some could say we're going to put it in drive and cruise uh, to a new hobby location. How dare you? I put my hazards on. It's fine. I gave you a warning. It's not my fault. You didn't heat it. Really, we just need to release a video of what is the Tesla faction for 40K. <laughs> oh. Oh. Overwrought and underperforming? Um, Eldar? Currently? I don't... Well, no. No. Votan? Admech? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to consider We'll that. figure it out. <laughs> That's been all of our opinions. Bonafide. And Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all in the next one.